Hello and welcome to the New Spiro podcast where we interview experts, authorities and characters on all things spearfishing. Come and join us after the show at noobspiro.com, the online spearfishing community helping you to become a better Spiro. Here are your hosts for the show, Shrek and Turbo. G'day, Noob Spiro community, Shrek here. We're um, interviewing Roman Castro today. He's the president of the San Diego Freediving Club, which has over 160 members. He's also created a very popular online spearfishing blog called Spiro Blog. He started that in 2011, uh, where he initially started sharing his spearfishing adventures with friends, but it grew from there into a resource center for new divers. He shares videos, documents his growth as a Spiro, and writes all about spearfishing. Roman also has a spearfishing podcast called The Spear, and he has some great episodes up there with Rob Allen. Good morning, Roman. How's, how's the weather over there in San Diego today, buddy? Oh, it's beautiful. It's uh, about 76, and it's probably going to hit 80 today. That's so. not, too, not too bad. <laughs> mm, very good. Hey, Roman, um, we mentioned that your blog, you started your spearfishing blog in 2011, or you started spearfishing in 2011. Um, where was it, and what was it like? Uh, well, uh, I was I was uh, engaged at the time, and my fiance and I wanted to go to Maui for like just a vacation, a couple of weeks, a week, and I I hadn't done anything in the water, so no. I tried surfing once, once or twice, but wasn't really good at it. And I was like, well, if we're going to to Maui, I want to do something in the water. So hey, just just quickly, you, you you're not alone there, buddy. I'm a crap surfer as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so, so not only that, I was afraid to try the scuba. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing scuba. That looks so complicated. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to snorkel. So I, so I kind of like started learning to snorkel and uh, went out a couple of times in La Jolla Cove, which is like a protected uh, reserve. And you can see all these awesome species of fish. And uh, I wanted to get down there so I could see more fish. So I started looking up um, how to dive down. And then I discovered spearfishing. Well, I was like, wow, you can do this and shoot fish. So that kind of got me interested in it, and we went out. We went out to Maui, and I got hooked up with uh, Spearfish Maui. Uh, Jeremy took me out on a shore dive, and I shot. Uh, <laughs> I shot my first fish, which was like a, I think it was like a parrotfish. Wow, nice. it was small. It was it was good, but uh, the cool thing was that my wife was, oh, my fiance at the time was with was with us, and she had a little, little uh, flip cam with us, so she, she actually recorded me shoot that fish. So it was pretty oh, fun. Oh wow! And, and cool. she was just like, "Yes, I'm marrying a winner here." Look at this. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna provide for our family <laughs> one parrotfish at a time. Wow. One parrotfish at a time, right? <laughs> so how how deep, how deep were you? Was it really clear water? Um, it was. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was beautiful. Uh, the water was maybe a hundred feet viz, and the depth of that fish was maybe like thirty feet, twenty feet. Oh, nice! So, and and how good was that feeling shooting that first fish? Oh wow, it's it's just indescribable. Uh, it's like every part of your being is like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It, you you connect with some primordial roots there, don't you? and uh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, did you, did you eat that fish as well? Yes. What, what I like is um, 
<clears throat> is it was a parrotfish? Like this is Shrek's fish that he just likes to oh, no. like wound and maim and like oh, oh. No, around here. But they sort of have they sort of you, you sort there of get go. within any distance of them and they get this massive eye and just start getting nervous and just turn their yeah. back and go the other way. It doesn't oh. stop this guy from taking a long shot, so hey, no way. Yeah, no. <laughs> I I regularly lose parrotfish. Lately, I've been trying to just shoot them in the head because they're so soft. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and they twist and they go nuts and and they just they they tear out all the time. So, right. Thanks for that, Turbo. Thanks for that, Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's good like this, Roman. He's just always building me up. That's why we do do the show together. So, so um, that first that first parrotfish that sticks out for you. That's a that's a great story, and uh, I think we all remember that Noob Stoke. Um, so this Jeremy guy, did he sort of? Did he show you the ropes? Did he? Did he get you comfortable with gear and things like that? Yeah, well, he, he did a good job. He was like, pretty much had us had us in, in like a like a classroom situation for like about four hours before he took us out on the, like two hour short dive. So oh, wow. it was a good tour. It was a good intro for me. Yeah, and then while while awesome. I was in the class, or actually while I was like diving around in, in La Jolla before that trip, uh, I, I discovered that I can move my eustachian tubes. Oh, so yeah. like so, so I don't have to hold my nose too too clear. I was like. It's just an awesome thing to find out they can do. So. Hands yeah, free, that's eh? That's, that's very good, man. I've got pretty good eustachian tube control as well, but I'm still awesome. I'm still old school with my with my hand most of the time. But let Levi, he's too busy being seasick and, <laughs> and, and vomiting uh-huh. in the snorkel to even equalise most of the time. <laughs> Luckily, when you only dive to three metres, you don't have to equalise. You, you actually equalise when you vomit. It's involuntary. You wouldn't believe uh, that. Anyway, all right. Well, let's get on with the interview. So, um, what's been like your biggest obstacle starting out spearfishing? Like, what, what what's the thing you've had to probably work hardest at um, to to really achieve what you wanted to achieve spearfishing? Um, being calm enough that it doesn't affect my my breath hold, um, especially especially in the in uh, La Jolla. I guess there's not there, we rarely see great whites, but there's a lot of sharks, and when you're new. Uh, it just plays on your psyche, you know. Like it's always in the back of your mind, and and if you if you're too nervous, kind of like makes your heart rate go up, and that goes your breath hold. Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, and that's good honest stuff too. And I guess like you always meet with that reservation when you meet people. They always say you tell them you spearfish, and they say, "Oh, what about sharks?" It's like the right. first question you get. Yeah. So ju- just for people that don't really know much about spearfishing, when did you see your first shark, and and kind of how did you get around the fear of them? So- so this is this is a, a funny story. It's actually one. It's actually my uh, one, of those, one of the scariest moments I had. So so the weekend, sorry, the week after I got back from Maui, right? Um, I I met somebody in the San Diego Freedivers Club, Justin, and he took me out. He was, he was an awesome dude. He took me and another new guy out. We went out in La Jolla, and jeez, uh, I was down there. The water was kind of cloudy. I shot a calico bass and. Uh, I didn't have my stringer with me, so Justin said he would carry my fish on his stringer. Um, went, went down for a couple of dives, and then when I came up, uh, him and the other guy were kind of together, and they're like, hey, get, get over here. So I was like, all right, I'll swim over. I swam over, and they're like, well, we just saw like a, a shark that was kind of following you, so <laughs> uh, let's, just, let's just start heading out. So I'm like, all right. So we start heading out. The, the, the new, new diver is in front of me about maybe, I don't know, 10, 10 feet. Uh, I'm in the middle, and then Justin's behind me. Like we're all making our way to shore, and uh, I see. I look up. I take my head out of the water to see where the front guy is. And he's he's about 10, 10 feet away. And I look. I turn around to see where Justin is, and I see like the 
the water like just like kind of like you see like in the Jaws movie where like the water just kind of like frothy, <laughs> oh, right? No. <laughs> oh no! So scary. And uh, so I'm like, geez. So I so I stick my head in the water to, so I can see what's happening underwater, and I and I, and I kind of like start swimming towards it, and uh, I can see the shark kind of like on his on his like uh, on his leg, and he's like hitting the shark with the with the butt of his gun. Wow! And uh, the shark, I think, that, I think at that point, the shark realized he was just a, a diver and maybe tasted the neoprene, I don't know. And he was trying to get, up, get, it, trying to get off the, um, and he, I can see him like struggle to get off and then he popped off and he kind of started swimming towards me. Wow. I think, I think just by luck, he just happened to be swimming, swimming towards me. At the time, I thought he was coming to get me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like my, this is one of my first or second dives in the Hoya. So I'm freaking out and I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if this guy's like bleeding to death or something. Yeah. So I take the spear gun I had. And uh, I shot. I shot the shark, and wow. And I, I was. It was uh, more as a uh, defense mechanism yeah. than anything else. So I was like super scared. I, I, I made sure that float line wasn't attached to me in any way, and I just let it go. And I swam for the swam for my friend. It's like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. So that was uh, probably one of the scariest moments. And the 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 funny thing about that gun that I had, it was a like a little 38 Special JBL. Oh, I got yeah. it. I had bought it from that guy during one of our club meetings, like he, we had like a gear swap, right? It was like a beat up gun with, with like rotted bands. He's like, anybody want this gun? Make your first offer. And I was like, five bucks, I'll take it. Oh, nice. <laughs> so he sold to me for five bucks. I brought it home, fixed our bands. And then uh, that's the gun that I lost shooting the shark to bit him. Oh, well, that was, a, right. that was a good $5. Spent, <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, so, did so, you get your money back? <laughs> <laughs> did, the, did that shark actually bite your mate or was it just the fish hanging off his belt or something? He, I think it was going for the fish hanging off the belt, but it did. He did bite the the suit. You can see the teeth marks in the suit. Wow! But it didn't actually break skin, which is weird. Yeah, I had a mate who used to. He used to have an old fashioned zip up wetsuit at the front. When I first <laughs> met him, he hated float lines, and he, he'd actually just stuff the fish down the front of the wetsuit. Wow! So here he is, like just swimming around this big burly <laughs> bucket, like just. Absolutely crazy stuff. I couldn't do it. No, it's free. That me sounds out. like good old school alpha male kind of spiro sort oh, of stuff. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so the Hoya, just for our listeners, Roman, that's San Diego Bay, is it, or? Um, it's actually on the, on the coast. It's it's on the coast off of uh, yeah, it's it's by San Diego, so Pacific side of the Pacific the West Coast okay. of the US. And, and what's the what's the terrain like there? Is it like a, a reef? Oh, it's kelp beds. Yeah, it's it's a uh, part of it's uh, kind of like rocky reef, yeah. Um, and then we have uh, some awesome kelp beds, like with like nice kelp rooms. So depending on whether if it's on colder, when it's colder, the kelp gets really thick. Mm. Yeah, and you can, I mean, from the surface, it looks kind of scary because uh, it's just nothing but kelp. But once you get down there, you can see that it just looks like a like a, I don't know an underwater forest or something. Sorry, mate. You, you. I noticed um, that you've talked to Terry Mars lately um, on your blog, um, or you had him at San Diego Freedivers. We um, we got sent some footage from Richard Leonard on his on his latest DVD of the kelp forest there with with Terry Mars. Have you had a chance to dive in him? I think when I think when Terry was here, he do, those those videos are from uh, like like one of the islands, like uh, San, uh, San Clemente Island or uh, Kellyn Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been to San Clemente Island. It's it's really nice, but I haven't been to that one where where uh, Terry filmed the filmed that footage. The the kelp here in in, in Oplahoe is pretty it's pretty good. It's uh not as clear as it is in in Terry's video, 
but it's it's nice on, on good days it's nice so what are sort of like three highly desired species that you would want to shoot um any day you could kind of off san diego there yeah the the most i, th- I think in san diego the, the most uh, desired fish would be uh, a white sea bass mm. yep those things are impossible to find they look well, cool, seem, man. they seem to be impossible to find you see one and like so you, you can dive maybe 20 times right yeah and and you'll see it once and you'll get one shot and that's it your whole season's done uh, so, okay right but then you have these but then you have the really, really experienced divers that seem to shoot one every time they go out <laughs> yeah yep yep we're familiar with yeah, that that's me I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till Turbo comes to San Diego, right? Oh, you, you're gonna, you're in for a treat. Like, oh, hey. I'm seriously gonna get the last mating pair. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so, so what do we have? We got the the white sea bass. What, what was you got two other species there, far away, Roman. What, what else would you want to shoot on a typical day out? Well, personally, I really like halibut. Yep. I think like I've seen you holding up a couple in your blog lately, in spiroblog.com. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of my favorite fish to eat. It just uh, takes it takes seasoning very well, and and uh, pretty much you can make it taste like anything. So what, we cook. What do you season them with, and uh, and how do you cook them? Uh, Sorry, man, depends. odd question. It, it was a bit. Oh, that's a weird. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, sometimes See, I bread it, make fish tacos. Sometimes I'll uh, make like. Yeah, because Shrek loves KFC, so what, he's basically <laughs> like if he could get the Colonel Secret spices on the halibut, man, he's gone. Oh, you did say it held spice as well. I was That's hoping so the Colonel's funny. nine secret herbs and spices would would go well with it. So thanks for that. Turbo. Uh, anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Man, all these fish. Can you give us a uh, can uh, apart from your your first fish um, being a parrotfish? What's your most memorable? Fish you've shot, or your most memorable fish story? I think my most memorable trip was uh, like in 2012. Um, I had been in the club for a while and uh, and on the board and and doing my part to fix fix our club's website. And one of the one of uh, what I would say one of our senior members, uh, Matthew Swartout, he took me out uh, for the first time to go blue water hunting. Right. Awesome. It was it was, it was amazing. It was, a, it was an awesome day, and it just happened to be. One of the most productive days I've ever been on since. Gotta love them days. And it was like my first time, so I got ruined right off the bat. Um, the water was beautiful, super clear. I wasn't used to it. The fish looked like they were really close, but it's just, you know, it's hard to judge just it's hard to judge the distance at that with that yeah. with that clarity and, and having nothing in the background. <clears throat> so that day I shot two Dorado, which was my first Dorado, oh, and nice. uh, a couple yellowtail. Yep. Yeah. Couple yellowtail. So it was a it was an awesome day. How big were the yellowtail you shot? Uh, they, they don't get as big here as they do over there. Maybe about uh, like 15 pounds, 10 pounds. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's still a good, good. Um, we call them kingfish here. It's, yeah. And um, they, it doesn't matter sort of what size you shoot them, like anything over probably 12 pounds, they do start giving you a bit of curry, don't they? Yeah, it was fun. And the, <laughs> the mahi mahi or the dorado, how, how big were they? And, and, and that, they're pretty cool when you shoot them, aren't they? Yeah, those, those things take off. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, there was nothing size, nothing huge, but I mean, for being my first fish, I was super stoked. Uh, I'd say about maybe like 10 pounds each or something, 10, 12 pounds. Yeah. And um, down here, they're, they're sort of, um, you know, other spirits will tell you that they're really sustainable sort of fish to shoot because they reproduce really quickly and 
they're not commercially harvested in the southern hemisphere. I don't think so. Um, I love eating them. I, I like shooting them too. They're they're a beautiful looking fish too, aren't they? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love I love the. Uh, sometimes you get sometimes they look blue, sometimes they look green, yellow. It's that's a beautiful fish. Yeah. And uh, dorado, Spanish for gold. Uh, yes, yeah, actually they, for golden, for golden. Yeah. I just a little. I like Spanish to educate um, Shrek on all things worldly. <laughs> He's trying. To, I got. <laughs> I got started speaking Spanish. Roman, it lasted about two months. He likes to remind me about it every now and then. That's <laughs> <so funny>. Anyway, <laughs> I'm owning you today. Oh, <laughs> he's all right. over me like a rash. Hola. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, what's a, what's um, I guess one of the funniest things you've seen out spearfishing, Roman? Let's see. We, we have a uh, one of our senior senior members. We call we call him a, a mossback member. Uh, what? Sorry, a mossback. A moss back member because they have moss on their back from from being from diving so much. Oh, oh, right. yeah, cool. yeah. Yep. And uh, this guy, he's he's a he's a character, definitely. He's a, he's a, he's an awesome dude. And uh, one time I was on a boat with him, and uh, he asked me a question, and and I look over because you know when somebody asks you a question, you want to look over so you can look him in the face. And he's wearing uh, like a nude colored speedo, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's just like. You're like, I'm like, whoa, did I just see what I think I saw? It's like, no, okay, wait, okay, cool. So it was just like, that's a very funny thing. And then like, I, I come to realize that that's his thing. Yeah. So a lot of people have, a lot of people have, uh, have seen the flesh colored Speedo. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Ah, that's really cool. And uh, have you played underwater hockey, Roman? Because <laughs> those no. guys, they love to get their stuff out. <laughs> Man, you, you just... Yeah, mm. it's, it's all you, you get some awkward moments in the pool with those guys. I tell you, it's not for me. It's t- too much man on man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, never, I never played it, but I just realized what was happening. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Funny. It's just like, like this crowd of guys, sort of over and under each other, um, oh, all in speedos. Like it makes for some awkward moments, but um, yeah. <laughs> great sport, sport of kings. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> 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 Moving on. All right, mate. We want to uh, open the Veterans Vault at this stage. So um, so the Veterans Vault is where we ask our guests to talk about an area of sort of deep expertise or experience they've had um, and feel passionate about to share. So what would you like to talk about with our audience, Roman? So especially here in California, and there's a lot of uh, ocean access uh, issues that are that are affecting our our community, um, beaches being closed down. So pe- people that don't have boats, for example, it's, it's getting harder and harder to find a place to dive out of from shore. Okay. So um, there's a lot of work that we've done as a club to try to protect those rights. Okay. Um, it, and it's, it's, uh, it's an ongoing struggle and it's very difficult to get, um, I guess, help. Um, and get people motivated to basically protect their own fishing grounds, right? Yeah. I mean, part of it, I guess part of it makes sense. You want to protect the environment, but you want to protect it from commercial fishers and and big industry, not from Spiros. You know, Spiros take like less than 1% of the world's take, right? Yeah. So it just seems kind of unfair that since we're more vis- visible, right? You see, you see a Spiro on the beach with a spear gun, the spear gun looks aggressive, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you automatically assume something's going on, like something 
but that people don't realize that everybody on the beach with a spear gun is should be or is licensed to do that. No, no, that's cool. We we had a guy on the show recently. His name's Simon Tripp from New South Wales, and he he sort of um, has a similar sort of focus. Roman he he lobbies government, um, and and he and he sort of does what he can with his within his sphere of influence to um, promote Spiro's rights here in Australia. Because I guess extreme conservation. Um, they sort of get carried away with it, and and Spiros do cop a bit of flack. But we have a a, a motto in Australia: it's um, safe, sustainable, selective, and um, and and we 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 try and stick to that ethos and and just take what we need. And um, people aren't aren't aware of how selective the sport is. And I think like when you're on the beach, just for for our audience, like if you just smile at the public and say hello, and when they ask you questions, you just answer them like it's sort of because. I think people have a fear of the unknown and what they don't understand. They fear and they 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 make assumptions about things that yeah aren't, aren't true. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and sparrows can be a little bit apathetic when it comes to um, yeah making sure we we do retain our rights. So <laughs> so you you guys um, over there you have to be licensed to spearfish, do you? Yeah, we we pay about um, it's, it's about ends up being like fifty five bucks or so, fifty five dollars. Um, part of it is for a fishing license, and part of it is for an oceans enhancement like booster, okay. which basically which basically goes towards funding <laughs> all of the stuff that regulates fishing. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, it's different parts of Australia operate differently. So there's licenses in some states and not in others. That, um, oh. It's interesting to hear how you guys sort of work it over there. I've yeah. been reading up a little bit lately about it. So. Yeah, I just found out. I just did a trip to uh, South Australia, well, Victoria and South Australia, and down there um, you can take crayfish on scuba. Yep. Wow. Which is, like, I, I thought it was crazy. No, New Zealand's <laughs> the same. Uh, and um, in America, they a lot of states spearfish on scuba there too, don't they? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's a different kind of um, sport. I was reading something someone said the other day, um, it's not how we do it here, but um, and there's a lot of kind of ignorance around and why they do it, but often it's deep and dirty and cold as well, and uh, and, and it's the only way you can do it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you, um, it gets... Uh, so one, one part, like for example, La Jolla, can be one on a good day, it could be maybe like 20 feet of viz, 25 feet on a really, really good day. Um, and then it could just be really surgy and... Five feet of visibility is just muck, just like cloudy. Yeah, exactly. But even then, guys will go out and look for bugs, like, like lobsters or whatever. Yep, yep. Cool. All right. Next part of the show is the Fast Five Facts for Noobs. It's like where we like to ask our guests to, if you were starting all over again, what five bits of advice would you have liked to have had, Roman? I guess the first one, the most important one would be to just be calm and get comfortable in the water. Before you, before you even start looking for fish. Because I've noticed that when you're calm, you, your breath will just extend. You, you, have, you can hold your breath longer. Well, I can hold my breath longer when I'm super calm. So that with, with the addition of making sure you, you practice your surface intervals so that you're breathing for at least uh, twice as long as you were down for. Yep. And uh, so that'll be, that'll be one. So Shrek, you're um, looking at a, a minute's breather. Twice your dive time. Exactly. Oh, exactly. he's suggesting that I dive for 30 seconds there. 30 seconds is generally a pretty good dive for me. And uh, 
Anyway, sorry. Care it? No, no, it's all good. Okay, Roman, we got that one. So no. for and for the guys that die for thirty seconds, um, you want to have the most time on the bottom, right? So instead of instead of kind of like diving down and, and looking around on your way down, just go straight for the bottom. Yep. And enjoy your your, your twenty to thirty seconds on the bottom, doing some hunting instead of on the way or on the way back up. Yeah. Go straight <laughs> to the bottom. So, so yeah, I guess the number that- two would be. Go straight for the, or not for the bottom, or just go straight for your target depth. Mm. Don't okay. dilly in between. Okay. Yep. Cool. Number three. Start with the pole spear, and if you already, if you're already good with the pole spear, take it out even then. Every every uh, every couple of dives, like I still dive with the pole spear here and there just to get my practice in. Cool. Yeah, I started with the pole spear. We we interviewed um, Cameron Kirkconnell the other day, and he. Um, shot a 219-pound yellowfin tuna with one, and he's um, <laughs> he's been designing a, a new line with... Um, I think it was Headhunter. Headhunter. I hope it's Headhunter. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> so that was a really interesting conversation, Raymond. That's 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 good. That's sort of being re- reinforced. So you started with a pole spear? Yes. Yeah, I mean, cool. it just gets you... It, it forces you to be uh, stealthy. It forces you to be calm. It forces you to be... Um, I guess uh, non-threatening to the fish, right? Yeah. If you're if you're threatening to the fish, then they're gonna see it and they're gonna just spook. Cool. Especially here, like the fish here, like the calicos here. Yeah. Those fish are those fish are already super spooky. So I've been trying to get a big one on a pole spear. So that's my goal for the year. Cool, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna join you in that. But once you do these fast five facts, we'll never talk to you about pole spears. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting right into it. Okay, number number four, Roman. <laughs> um, especially with the new guys, muzzle control. It's very important. Muzzle control and and don't load your gun outside of the water. Um, your spear can travel a lot further in the air than it can in the water, so it's just uh, asking for trouble. Okay. Also, uh, part of that would be um, the muzzle control. If you're diving with a buddy, don't have your hand on the trigger or your finger on the trigger. Just if you're not if you're not going to shoot, keep your hand off the trigger. Hold your gun about half, about midway. Yep. Just uh, and and make sure you're not pointing at anybody in, at any time. Even yep. if the safety's on, all that good stuff, it's still. Best practice. Cool. All right. And number five? Um, I would say, well, besides the, besides the, the normal always dive with, with a buddy is dive within your buddy's limits. Dive yeah. to your buddy's limits. Yep. Cool. Dive within your buddy's limits. Yeah. Because what's the point if I can go like 60 feet and my buddy can only go 30 feet? Um, something happens. He's not going to be able to get down there to get me. Yeah, that's right. Who was that? Simon Tripp said the same thing, I think. Yep. yep. Yeah, no. Good advice. Okay, I'll, I'll sum them up, give them back to you, Roman. So, number one, we had be calm, get comfortable, and, and that's a repetitive point we get from a lot of our um, <clears> guests and, and just learning to relax in the water. I think that's three, four, four from four. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, uh, and and you mentioned, you added to that, get your surface intervals right. Um, so, number two was go straight to the bottom or, or your desired depth, don't sort of dilly-dally in between. Number three was um, start with a pole spear, and there's, you mentioned numerous advantages to that. Uh, number four was muzzle control. So don't load your gun out of the water, don't finger the trigger, and don't point it at anyone. And um, a lot of people that have been trained with firearms know that unless you're going to shoot, you don't have your finger on a trigger. But like spearfishing, we, we seem to treat it like it's not a firearm, but right. but, it, but it is. And uh and, and that's what a trigger guard's for. You, you you have your finger resting over it, and then when you want to take the shot, you just pull it back. It's only you've only got to move it, you know, one inch or, or, or right. twenty mil. 
Um, and number five was dive to dive within your buddy's limits, which is a great bit of advice because it's no use diving 20 metres because you can dive 20, but your buddy can only dive 10. And then, uh, you know, your shallow water blackout, you whatever, and he can't get you. Yeah, that, that would be it. Cool. Fantastic. Can we add, can we add? I was gonna add a six real quick. Is when you're yeah, when you're looking for, for the when he's, you're looking for the fish and you see that fish you want to shoot, don't fixate on it. Don't stare at it. Ah, okay. So yeah, they sort of learn your hunting techniques a bit better. Yeah. I notice here with your um with your your pole spear um fact, <clears throat> and uh, Cameron Kirk Connell said the same thing. It seems to really enhance your hunting techniques. Like you, you sort of have to. You, it forces you to become a better hunter because you've got to get that much closer to the fish. <laughs> right. Right. So um, that's my little input there. Fantastic. Have you got a pole spear story for us, Roman? Just quickly. Or oh, some some advice. What's a memorable? Yeah, okay. Here's some advice. Some some advice like maybe uh, when you're closing distance on, on a fish. Uh, say you see it from the surface. Um, you can either dive straight down on it. They kind of from my experience, it's it's difficult for them to see straight up. Um, and uh, the other thing would be if you if you're going to close distance on it, use the structure. Like for example, if there's a boulder. Come up behind the boulder, like get to the bottom, swim up to the boulder, and then look over the boulder where the fish would be. That way, you're using that that structure to block your not not only not only your the the fish from seeing you, but you're also blocking your like your your uh, profile. No, you're, when you when you're swimming through the water, you're creating like a wave of uh, of uh, pressure. Okay, right? yep. That the fish can sense with the, with their lateral lines. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that pressure is going to get de- deflected by the, whatever structures in between you and the fish. Nice. That's yeah. good. I like that. That's really good. Can we talk brands? Sure. Roman, because um, Christmas is coming up and I need to put an order in. <laughs> so I want to get some advice on what, what's good and what's not. <laughs> what, what what brand do you use, Roman, and um, and what do you like about it? Uh, for for spear gun? Um, for, for a pole spear. Pole spear. Pole spear. Oh, yeah. oh, for a pole spear, I'm actually, I'm actually using Cameron's pole spear. Okay. It's, the, uh, it's a rife... Uh, Cameron Kirkconnell edition. It's a three-piece carbon fiber um, with a six foot, but with the with the with the shaft with the spike, it ends up being like seven feet. So, is that a spear you'd recommend to people sort of starting out, or is that more at the price end of the game? I think that's like the like the the high end of the pole spear. I, I kind of when I got it, I was like, I'm gonna go for it, and I want to have a I want to buy one pole spear and just have it and have it be a nice one. Sometimes that's the best way to go, isn't it? Because you end up you end up spending more money just buying, upgrading, 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 and you have a bunch of pulsers you don't use. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Cool. Yep. yep. So, yeah. but if if you do want to start off just just if you if you're starting spearfishing and you're not sure if you're even gonna like the sport, I would say get one of those cheap uh, like uh, fiberglass pulsers. Yep. They, they tend to bow when you when you cock it, so a good fix for that is to twist it after you cock it, and then the bow kind of goes away. And what ah, what's what's right. the price point for uh, one of those? What's what, I think it's like depending on what, what tip you get, it's probably like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 40 dollars. That is a good place to start, isn't it? For right? some, yeah, super cheap. Yeah, going back to the top end of the market, um, do you use a slip tip on your pole spear? No, it's just a flopper shaft. Okay, oh, so like the flop, the flopper shaft sort of just screws into the end of the spear, correct? Right, and, and what's the what is it? Is that for any reason? Are they faster than the slip tip? Set up or? Uh, no, it's just it's just less cumbersome for me. Uh, when it, when I go with the pole spear, I'm not expecting to see a huge like tuna or anything. 
like yeah. Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> this is the problem. I've seen him do it, and I want one, I and I picture myself doing it. It depends on what your hunting is, not it? And look, Cameron's right. a a, a um, he's a big trophy hunter a lot of the time, and he yeah. he does shoot fish just for for. We were talking with him about it, and he, he sometimes he just likes shooting a feed, and he'll just shoot a couple of little fish for the plate at night, and. Uh, but um, a lot of the stuff we see is the big trophies he shoots and obviously want slipped it with that. But So you, you don't think you need one just for sort of reef hunting um, for small? Yeah, I, I don't. What I do, what I do is I, 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 I uh, run a float line from the, from the band. Yep. So after I shoot, I can let it go. It's not a big deal. I won't lose it. Cool. And that's more, that's more just for me to uh, – or also like I can use it to mark a hole, right? So yep, I'm down yep. and I see a fish go into a hole. I'll, I'll, put, I'll leave the pole spear there where the, where the fish was. And I just and I go back, have my have my breathe up, and then uh, back, go back down, follow my float line, and then cock it and shoot the fish if I need to. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do that with crayfish or bugs, as you were calling them before. Yep. I'll, I'll leave yep. my, my gun in the hole because sometimes it's just so hard to find that same bit of terrain again. And when yes. you've got that, um, when you've got your float line connected to your your rubber, do you, do you have to like bunch that float line up like in one <laughs> hand so it's got a bit of play once you let it go? I, I have a little loop of spectra. I basically tie a spectra into a little bit of line, of, a little bit of spectra line into a loop, and then I and then I then I put it through kind of like a rubber band, right? Okay. Where you loop it through itself, and then once I loop it through itself, I clip the I clip the float line clip onto the little loop. That way, the metal clip is not on my, against my hand when I when I use a full spear. Awesome, cool. We've got some great. We've got some gold out of you today, Roman. Th- thanks for sharing <laughs> with us and our audience. No worries. It's awesome. No worries. Um, it's been really awesome to have you on the show. Um, I think we can wrap it up. Uh, but if people want to find you, obviously there's San Diego Freedivers, but we, Spiro blogs very popular in um, in the states and and and, and more widely. Uh, can people connect with you there, Roman? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm on uh, on Twitter at at SpiroBlog.com. That's Spiro with an O. Yep. And uh, and my website, of course, spiroblog.com. You can go on there and uh, join our our email list, our tribe, and uh, get all the latest updates that we put. Excellent, right. mate. We'll link up Spiro Blog on our show notes and uh, and your podcast as well, Roman. And people can tune in and find you there on the spear. Awesome. Plenty of gold there. Well, um, I think that's uh, time to wrap it up. Stay on the line so we can get our uh, producer to um, have a quick chat with you when we're finished. But um, thanks for coming on the show, Roman. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Roman. Thanks for listening today, Noob Spiro. If you'd like to find out any more information from today's guest, then head over to noobspiro.com. We really appreciate you guys as listeners. Without you, we couldn't do the show. So if you want to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes or head on over to noobspiro.com and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We won't send you crap. So that's all from us. A big hooroo. We hope to see you soon. Shrek over and out. Shrek over and out.